But he was the one that would say, he goes, yeah, it hurts so much. My eardrums hurt, you know, and um, and and the things that happened with his family and how he he attacked his family with a knife and um, no one got killed. Thank goodness. You know, and he's really thankful for that. And but people got stabbed and because voices in his head were telling him to do it. As Ashlyn complains about the dust on my laptop, as I do now see it, this is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. My name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist with a degree in counseling and psychotherapy and a master's in child and adolescent psychotherapy. My lovely assistant, co-host, partner in life, fresh makeup done, giant, crossing her eyes as she looks at me. This is her special move. <laughs> when, she, when she gets uncomfortable, when someone looks at her, she crosses her eyes to break the tension. <laughs> My lovely partner, Ashley. Hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, we've been up since five, so. Well, yeah, well, you were, you decided to get up and then, I mean, I was up, so. Yeah. We are, we are recording on Sunday morning, so we're easy like Sunday morning because it is currently 9.15 a.m. <laughs> You've had your avocado and toast. Yes. You've got your mocha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but can people fucking write in and say which it is, whether it's a mocha or a mocha? It's a mocha. I can Google it and well, translate. Let, but people can comment in as well to say yeah. to say what it is. Um, because well, you've got your mocha slash mocha. I've got my green tea. See, the argument ends when Google tells you who's right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, fuck Google, John. Fuck Google, Google. <laughs> no, no, bullshit. Nobody bullshits Google. <laughs> Google is not shit. Google is listening to me all over the house. So sorry, yeah. Google. <laughs> So this month on the podcast, we are, as our topic, we are talking to Peter Vox. Peter's going to tell us about the psych ward, about his book, and about his experience of being in psychiatric ward in the States. Peter is in the Bronx. Bronx represent for our hip-hop heads out there. And Peter has a fascinating story. He's going to tell us how, in many ways, it is very similar to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't know if he's exactly McMurphy, but um, he's going to tell us what his experience was like he ended up in the psych ward after a suicide attempt. So you can listen into that. Peter's got a fascinating story to hear. So do stick around to listen to the rest of that. Before we get into all of that, we do have to plug the old social media stuff. So if you want to get us on any of the social media, it's the same across the board. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at STMH Podcast. You can comment. You can give a share, share a story if you see anything on Instagram. And just to help us spread the word of the message that we're trying to do. And that message is just trying to shed some light on mental health. Break the stigma, blah, blah, blah. Same as everyone says around mental health podcasts. The TikTok is doing well, thanks to Ashing. She's she's putting up the videos. If, if Check us out on there. Followers are just going up and up. Again, thanks to Ashing. Thank <laughs> so the common denominator in all the social media before was, well, I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. Mm. <laughs> you do on TikTok. Well, you should do. You spend, yeah, well, you spend enough it. fucking time yeah, on it. I'm, oh, now I'm on the podcast more than anything else. I'm learning. Yeah, you're learning. Well, you're you're learning learning quite well as we as we go along. So yeah. check out the TikTok. Put up some clips from the show and stuff like that. Maybe stuff that you wouldn't see on Instagram and things like that. So the website is also stmhpodcast.com. If you want to get in contact, if you got some feedback for us, if you'd like to come on as a guest, share your story, topic suggestions, anything like that, just to tell us how brilliant we are. We especially appreciate them ones. Um, and particularly ones uh, suggesting how well Ashley is doing because this is entirely new to you 
you stepping in as a podcast, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird because you're quite a private person. Private person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really, really need to reiterate this for people because if you actually knew what Ashley was like. Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Not that you look like a horse, but. <laughs> I mean, I am the stallion, but oh, like, you know. <laughs> we had this joke yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was fresh in my head. I don't know what it was, but it was fresh in my head, obviously, from yesterday. I can't remember where, where, how we led up to that point. Oh, we were watching did. the Northmen, yeah. and uh, there was horses, and you're like, you'd appreciate a good horse. That's right. Because I'm from Kildare, mm -hmm. which is full of horses, and my father was a jockey. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I would, because I'm a stallion. <laughs> Badum, <-dum>. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, absolutely entirely out of Ashling's comfort zone. So I know people have been enjoying us. We've had some comments so far, and we and we get into some of those in a second. Um, maybe we get into them first. We get into the comments first. Okay. Or the feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Stop looking at the dust on my, on my laptop. It's so it. bad. I know. I can see it. Like I I'm can see how bad it is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I've never seen it up to now. So one of the people that did reach out to us, and a huge shout out to Orla. Orla always always gives us a, a comment and a like and a share on Facebook and all the other platforms as well. So for May, Mental Health Awareness Month, we just found that out. <laughs> Hi, folks. I've been tuning in from the start and I've enjoyed the crack, free advice and knowledge your podcast has to offer. As a result, when I'm struggling, it helps me feel I'm not alone in my suffering. Massive thank you for taking the time, breaking down the taboos, which sadly still around mental health illness. Keep up the great work, folks. Kind regards, Orla. Thanks very much, Orla. Uh, Orla does always give a like and a comment and a share, and that makes a huge difference to, to who we can who we can reach out there. I also had one, uh, one of the most unusual, well, not unusual ones, but in terms of where it came from, and I'm going to have to log in here to get it, LinkedIn. I'm gonna message on LinkedIn. No, really? Yeah, I never, I never use LinkedIn. Who uses that? I know, yeah. <laughs> professional people, of which I am clearly not one. Um, so a big shout out to Aaron. Aaron, um, Aaron got in contact on LinkedIn. He, he'd actually give us a plug on it before as well. And I know Aaron listens to all the episodes. So thanks very much, Aaron. Keep plugging away and keep sharing. We really appreciate that. Hi, Alan. Hope you're well. I just wanted to let you know that today I was using your words of wisdom to help a friend in need out. The podcast is life changing. And you have no idea of the impact they're having in such a positive way. Although I'm glad for Pete and his new job, I'll miss him and Cammy. But at least Ashling has decided to put up with you more. <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> Two smiley faces. Aaron knows what's up clearly. No, actually, no. Hang on, Peter. Peter had you for longer, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got a more intimate relationship, though. So I, I think I it's quality. So. It's quality over quantity. <laughs> <laughs> so you have decided to put up with me more and to have it recorded. Also, I have a four-year-old with autism, and you've inspired me to make the most of him for who he is and not the label he has been given. Thank you. You've not only given a lot of people help mentally, you've given a little boy a better dad, even if he doesn't appreciate how fucking awesome I am. Aww. That's a bit more. So I'm yeah. feeling a little bit of a lumpy draw there reading that, Aaron. Um, thanks very much. I mean, that's exactly why we do what we do. And again, to, to <laughs> no pun intended, to plug Ashling. <laughs> The, the oh. podcast is going because of you. Still going. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll, <laughs> take <it. laughs> I'll take it. I'll take any plug I can get. Thank you very much, Alan. <laughs> I'm easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> so thank you very much, Aaron. And um, fantastic. It's great that your your son has got the diagnosis, I suppose, from an early age that he can get the, yeah. get the help he needs. You don't want to go fucking 44 years like I did. 
before I officially found out there was a reason why I am the way I am. Um, Did it just take me to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you copped it from day at one. You copped the eye contact from day at one. Oh, no, but I never mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. And we also had some, um, speaking of P, P sent me a message uh, the other day. Hey, dude, meant to text you the other day. I've listened to the two podcasts, Good Call and the Johnny and Amber one. Should get a good reach. Love the dynamic with you, by the way. Oh, should do. As a client said to me, he's like, how long are you together? I was like, a uh, year and a half. Oh, sounds like 50 years. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like so, it. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's just going like, you're such a cantankerous old bastard, Alan, the things you moan about, but he did relay it on the towel of how to use a fucking towel. That was specifically what he was making, making comments around. Some words I can't say. Well, towels. <laughs> <laughs> specifically, what is it? We've had that this morning. Yeah. Um, what is it? No. When you want what, to, what like, are you doing just this morning in bed? Get me to say. <laughs> what was the other one? What's them, them nuts that come in a shell? They're really tasty. They're kind of a green kind of colour. No, not piss off. No, Tell no, us. What no. are they? Say it like this piss. piss. Go on, what are they called? Pistachios. <laughs> Pistachios. <laughs> Pistachios, some people might call them, but... Uh, I'll do my lalalies. Yeah. Because you're, you're always the same. It's like, I can see it in my head. Yeah. It's like, it's no good when it gets fucking lost coming out your mouth. I can see it in my head. It's between your head and the mouth. Well, I tell you, God only fucking knows what goes on in your head. So <laughs> it's probably best that some things do get uh, hit a filter before they come out of your mouth. So thanks very much to, to the Peters. Peter, that's Peter Vox, coming on later on for the topic. And Peter Dunn, former host, sharing his his kind words. Peter should know he is the morning presenter on Midlands FM. A lot of people are certainly enjoying P, and I've seen some of the comments. He's been getting around that. And a huge thank you to Aaron, and a huge shout-out to Orl as well. So don't be afraid to get us wherever you want, folks. If you want to reach me on LinkedIn, you can do that. I don't really use it, but I'll surely get a notification that I have a message. Um, maybe I should be using it more. Maybe that's maybe that's my problem. I should be using all social media a little bit more, maybe, but um, I just don't have the the time for it really, or the patience in many cases. That's the patience. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, so before we get to our topic this month, what we usually do is we have a little bit of a check in, see what's going on with us, check in on our mental health before we get into all our smiles and royals and all of that. So, Ms. Ashling Mayer, how have you been doing? What's going on with you, my lovely? Oh, that is so dusty, isn't it? It's well, so I, ca- I can't don't see it. People can't see it. It's not. Don't you, don't fucking press it off. It's all dusty. In, in the natural light of the kitchen here, as we were recording, it's really dusty and it's really annoying me, and I can't don't see it. <laughs> and there's a part of me that wants to pause it to wipe it off, <laughs> but I persevere. I'm gonna fucking take around. it for the team. Yeah? I'm gonna be quite annoyed by it, but you'll be around. I'll leave it there. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just oh, I can't don't see it now. How did you not see it before? I did, but I was like, meh. And then you said, I was like, no, it's fucking, it's out there now. Well, I actually did nuts and crosses in it. <laughs> it's not like it's a layer of fucking dirt. It hasn't been around since the 1800s. I just, I don't know how it's so dusty. Because you don't clean so it. I did, I cleaned the screen. The screen's fucking spotless. I only cleaned the screen the other day. And the touch screen. Uh, we'll not talk about why the, the screen is clean, but nothing else is. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, how are you doing? You've got your mocha slash mocha. Uh, yeah, no, good. My mother's birthday yesterday, so a big happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ines. Oh, actually. Can we give her, can we give her age? I'm a really bad daughter. It wasn't yesterday, it was the day before yesterday. <laughs> Friday. Oh, Friday. Friday. Oh, yeah. Friday the 13th. Really, yeah, but you were with her in the day. Really I said yeah. yesterday, though. Um, so, yes, yeah, so a happy birthday. Can we give her age? You wouldn't believe it. You can you believe? You can you believe it. what age Ines is? <laughs> <laughs> Your favourite number? <laughs> <laughs> One for me, I'm number one. So long. <laughs> Is it 68 higher? Yeah. <laughs> Can we give her age? Ridiculous. Yeah, go on. Oh, 
Oh, happy 69th birthday. I know. You do not look it. As you said to me, drunk the first night we met. Can you believe I'm 68? And I tell you, I could not believe you were 68. Nobody. Uh, nobody would believe, no. and you're a very fresh face as well. So there's obviously good genes, and your yeah. granny was wrinkle free, wasn't she? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. good genes for uh, your your offspring as well. They've got that to look forward to. You look about sixteen at times when you actually. Who was this? Who said that to me? Adina. Um, so my my uh, my daughter's grandmother, my my ex mother in law, mm. Brida t- was talking to Adina, saying, "Oh, and Alan is asking you, yeah, what age is she?" No, no. And Adina was like, ah, oh, she's like 35 or 36. Is she? Oh, I thought she was really young. She's like, yeah, she just looks They're really like, young. No. <laughs> 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 oh, it's fine. It's not, what's it? We can, we can, well, no. I suppose we probably, we both probably have lost about 10 years. I don't look my age and you don't look no, my age. No, you don't. Oh, yeah. sure, we, you only got it last week. Was it last week from Yume? Mm-hmm. Hello, Yume. Oh, yeah. Um, she thought you were a lot younger. So, oh yeah, yeah that's the autism. Good. I don't know. It could yeah. be good genes. It's... Nah, it's very common autism. Apparently, you're just determined to go down. Yes. No, but it is. It's a very, it's a very common thing. But yeah, she she thought you're. She, she never. Yeah, when you came back yeah. from Forty five, forty five, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't look it. Getting on. Feel it. Don't <laughs> give me those eyes. You know what eyes you give me there? Eyes. Here's Johnny. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what I did. You went right. 45. <laughs> don't look at certainly feel it. My ba- my my face says 35. Mm. My birth cert says 45. My back says 90. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and my knees is like, oh. So you've been all right. So we give a big shout out to Ina's on her birthday. Happy birthday, Ina's. Ina's always gives a listen. Um, so we always have to watch what we say about her. We can't, uh, we can't say too much about her. Yes. She listens. Oh, she does, she yeah. does, yeah. No, she's a big fan. Um, so, yeah, no, she had a nice day, and my children were there as well, so she had a nice, sweet family day. Unfortunately, I had to work, so she was babysitting too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but sure. But no, no, was, yeah, she's 69. 69. Fresh face, the fresh face, 69. She's, she's looking good. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. is. So. Single? Is she, is she in the market, or...? Don't know if she wants a man to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> if you are interested, get in contact. <laughs> we pimp out Ina's here. <laughs> pimp out my mother. But anyway, her number is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just slide into my DMs or even get me up on LinkedIn. What's uh, her? What's Ashley's name? <laughs> DMs. Loves a good picture. DMs. <laughs> She probably would welcome some unsolicited pictures. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Ashley, I think this is okay. <laughs> Sorry, mother, but she has got the same humour, so it's She wrong. does, yeah. She has, she has got a cracking crack sense of humour, so <laughs> she will surely find a humour in this. And I won't be, well, before I am a proper son-in-law, I won't be fucking wrote off. Oh, no, no, no. no. You, you need that. Probably humor. likely to get me more in there, in the good books. I was just going to say, yeah, definitely, definitely so. Yeah. So we're having a Sunday morning. I've got my green tea. You've got your mocha slash mocha. We're taking it easy. We're recording because we had recording difficulties on the app, on the studio that we used. I prefer this. Yeah, you prefer this? Mm-hmm. All, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll see how it looks. We'll see how it sounds. And um, it is better, obviously, face to face. I'm just admiring your really long eyelashes. You're talking away. I'm like, I didn't realize his eyelashes were so long. Like, <laughs> that's a Clark thing. I'm that's, like, no. That's definitely a Clark thing. So you think thing. I'm listening to you, but really, I'm like, eyelashes are really it's long like, oh, she's just gazing they lovingly, are. They just they, gazing they lovingly flick, into my eyes they flick up i have to use mascara sorry carry on jesus <laughs> christ that is definitely a clarity thing but her dylan is the same i think nikki the boys my boys are the same yeah, they curl yeah they curl up it's definitely 
That could be just sleep in my eyes as well. <laughs> no, 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 it's a Daphne curl. That's the light shining mm. on them. I can see the flick. There you go. Still get that. I've, never seen, I've never noticed it as much <laughs> before. And there you go. So, I don't know. Can you put up pictures of long eyelashes for people to decide if they are only long eyelashes? Sure. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll have a look what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> No, the enthusiasm won't be as high as mine. I know, yeah. yeah. And this week, oh, she's just gazing lovingly when she's like, look at that bastard his fucking eyelashes. Yeah, I have to use mascara and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Ines' birthday, anything else that's been going on with you since we last spoke? What do we do? We had to check in last time. We just had our Johnny and Amber one. It's still mm-hmm. ongoing. It's still, still going on. Ongo- and I think there's a wee bit of a break at the moment. Anyway, was it? Um, Everyone's like, oh, yeah, enough already. Give us a fucking, give us a break. Yeah, yeah I think <laughs> she's been up in the stand and, We'll leave it as that. Oh my god, that video of like, the dog the dog stood on a bee. It's <laughs> fucking oh, oh, she's yeah. definitely she's definitely not right. We can't talk on her mental health, but I can I, what I can tell you, I'm not gonna comment on her mental health, but I can tell you she's a fucking woeful actress. Oh she's terrible. <laughs> I can speak on that mm-hmm. as a as a trained actor and mm-hmm. as a psychotherapist, like you're a woeful actress, love. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not looking promising for mm. her, is it? So my tea's gone cold. Oh dear, yeah. I'm wondering why. <laughs> Too busy happening. No, the song, you didn't get it. He's gone cold, I'm wondering why. Dido. Oh, yeah. oh, you love a bit of Dido. You only like Dido because you did the song with Eminem. But then I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you missed that opportunity <laughs> to know what I was talking about. I, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Sunday morning. Right. I'm up. I'm already up four hours, so at half nine. We'll, we'll truck on. We'll truck <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's still ongoing. People certainly enjoyed that episode, um, as everyone does. Uh, it's brilliant when we get when we get the feedback off people, and do let us know. And as I said, please, if you're enjoying Ashing, please let me know. So I look after all of the other social media. Ashing looks after TikTok, so you know you can let me know because I think you're doing a great job. And as I said, if people actually knew what you were like, private wise, mm. um, they would know this is a massive, massive step out of your yeah. comfort zone. So fair play, and thank you very much. As I said, I, would, I didn't want to do a podcast on my own. It's never been about being my podcast. So everyone can thank you if they're enjoying it or if they're not. They, they can thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking nice one, Ashley. We way. finally got this dickhead to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you not see the pattern where everyone else that was a co-host stepped out? <laughs> yeah. I, like a I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Even I'm going, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so. That was last week. This week, as I said, we got Peter, and then we... Oh, I won't speak on it anyway, but we have a relationship cancer coming up, hopefully, on our next topic. We'll give him a shout, I think, again, as a little smile. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely looking forward to reaching out to that individual. So do we have anything else before we get into our smiles and our royals? Mm. Yeah, no, I'm all right. No, that's all right. it. What about You're not going to ask what I've been up to or how I've been gonna... or anything? I just said it well, part now of me, I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, part of them sort of leads into my smile. Um, so we'll leave it. What have I been up to? Well, I've been in Portugal. Oh, yes. That's yeah, right. I've been in Portugal. But you look like a refresher bar. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get that's my smile. That's my smile and my royal. That's your smile. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my royal. That, that bit is oh, my right, royal. Okay. Can I get into it? Or I just, just have a check in about what's been going on? Well, I'm busy in work. Uh, James has been unwell. So we're normally, I'd have him on a Friday. So I'm going to get him today, which is Sunday. He's on a little bit of an antibiotic, so I got the last Sunday night when I had him, got the, uh, don't want to go to school tomorrow, mm. and I was like, 
Yeah, standard. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm, I'm in bed going, I don't want to go to work tomorrow and I'm self-employed. <laughs> so, um, and then the next morning, a little bit of a temperature. So I was up in the middle of the night with him, give him some cowpaws just to put his head, uh, you know, we had asthma and stuff like that. So he's been, uh, you know, always kind of get stuff on his chest. Um, so he's in better form. He's still not, he's still not hundred percent there, but you know yourself and you've got a sick kid. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see him like that. And they don't see him like that. He's been, he's been with his mom this week. So looking forward to, to picking him up later on. Mm. Um, you won't be in the car at the, Drop no. you first, and then 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 I'll pick him up. Um, like, I knew you were there. <laughs> it's like it's not fucking mystery, James. You can't miss her. Like she's sitting in the front chair. Like you're not fucking Sherlock Holmes here, buddy. <laughs> I love you, and all, but like you know. Is he looking forward to next week? Is he aware? Of oh, next week. Oh, he is aware. Uh, I told him, yes. Does he? Yeah. Yes, I, I told him he's he does always remember. So next week is Ethan's birthday. You you got a month yeah. of birthdays coming up <laughs> between your mom and then the girl Ethan. That's then right. The girls. Yeah, the girls are a week between. Yeah. So. so up to up to Oma for the weekend for Ethan's birthday. He will remember that because as soon as he gets in the car, he's like, I know, mm-hmm. up to see Ethan. He's like, you're never that fucking excited to see me, you know, bollocks. <laughs> <It is exciting. laughs> but by all, oh, and he totally is. It's like, yeah. yeah, he's excited to see your son. Your daughter's excited to see me. It's like, Delilah fucking looks at me. He's like, none of my own kids have ever looked at me that way. Delilah just runs to you. Yeah. Ali, Ali, Ali. She speaks to you on the phone. Speak to Ali. Yeah. Speak to Ali. <laughs> yeah, it's like, my own kids don't. Never reacted like that to me, so we'll do a little switcheroo. <laughs> I'll take that one, you take that one. You can have the two. We boys. were saying yesterday in the car that we hypothetically appeared to have a child, but would it look like we were like, like Delilah with blue eyes? eyes yeah. so, um, it would be Delilah. Let's yeah. so. not be asking questions <laughs> of where either of us were a couple of years ago. It so, is suspicious, though, was yeah. it? We got together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the, for the record, I am yeah. not a cheat. <laughs> no, no, neither of, us, neither of us in that sense. So. Yeah, so James will be looking forward to that. We've got, we're up in Almond next weekend. So that'll be the, the weekend as the podcast comes out. The podcast will be out Tuesday, Friday. We'll be up there for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then he's off on this holiday, little fucker. He's off to Spain for like 10 days or something. So, so yeah. So look at He did say he'll be in the suitcase. And to be fair, you fucking fit as well. You'd fit in yeah, the carry on. But, you know, I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> to say, pack. I would go in the suitcase. So. If, you, if you were bendy, <laughs> you're definitely not bendy, but you could certainly I'm fit. Too old for bending my knees. You're only crack, crack, crack. You're a skinny, skinny little thing. Not just definitely not bendy though. <laughs> yeah. So Portugal. I was in Portugal. I suppose it was. I'd segue into the smiles and rails. I was in Portugal last week. Uh, paid for two years ago. Mm. <laughs> pre-covid we were meant to go and then first serious lockdown happened that was cancelled and then the next year we were in the middle of another sort of lockdown and we're like oh we better cancel it before just in case we can't go so this was our first time getting to go in two years which had started out as going for my 40th birthday it's like oh let's go and celebrate al's birthday you weren't really going to celebrate my birthday down my mother no illusions <laughs> you were just looking for an excuse to go play golf <laughs> uh, so that's that's how it started but what I did realise over there is, oh, yeah, we're just getting old. Mm. Not able for all the golf. <laughs> so. and, and the heat, too. It's, it's, oh, no, I'll take the heat all day. No, but the golf and the heat is yeah. not more challenging. No, no. I'm more, I'm oh, more. Right, And your ball goes further as well, so <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> so many Seriously, like, your ball, the ball goes further in the summer because of the heat. Um, mm. And then, so golf courses will have, they'll move their tee boxes back during the summer. So mm. the ball moving through the air, hot air, whatever thermodynamics it is, it doesn't go as far then in the winter. You've got really nice eyelashes. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, make eye contact, and then make eye contact. She's just fucking staring at my eyelash. Jesus Christ. Well, everything else is cool. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Fuck's sake, I need to find sunglasses here. Get you to pay some sort of attention. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I was in Portugal. That was the first time in, in two years, but yeah, definitely, definitely getting too old. Yeah. You're just looking at me fucking eyelashes. I can see you now. Jesus Christ. Now I'm now fucking so self-conscious you around thought, it. Why aren't you turned a different shade of white? Why are you getting the <laughs> shower? Right? Stop. Just, <laughs> fuck's sake. Get all embarrassed. I'm just fucking self-conscious. Now. Oh, stop being self-conscious. It's giving you a compliment. <laughs> anyway, third time. Third time. Yeah, getting too old. So normally we land on sort of Tuesday morning, kind of around midday. And then we play around in the afternoon. We get up generally around half six the next morning, play around, go in, have some lunch, go back in the afternoon, play another round, and do the same on the Thursday. And on the Thursday, we were all like, I'm not looking at you because I can see you fucking smiling at me. And on the Thursday, we're all like, yeah, this, this is just too much golf. We're, we're not able for it. Um, so particularly as I go out and I play it really okay on the first day, because usually what happens is I'm nice and relaxed and I'm just going, oh, this is fucking great. I haven't played golf in ages. And uh, I'm just happy to be out with myself and the lads are having the chats. And then I go... Oh, yeah, I can play golf. And like, I haven't played in ages and I played really well, so I'll play better in the morning. Mm. And then I go in the morning and I don't play well. Mm. I play really shit and I get really frustrated. I was like, what was I doing yesterday? Why can't I do that again today? And then I was on the phone to you and I was here, like, oh, I was just so pissed off. Like, she's like, oh, I just enjoy it. I was like, oh, it's so frustrating. So you stop putting so much pressure on yourself. But that's, that's my goal. Like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Mm. frustrating but it was it was nice to be it was nice to be back in the sun so that's that's me smile mm. getting to play golf in the sun i played i literally played more golf in three days than i played in the last three years really yeah oh, five wow. rounds of golf oh, with the COVID and, yeah, everything. and yeah. we're back okay. yeah uh, so it was nice it was nice to get away it was nice to be in the sun yeah. um and i suppose me royal then related to that so we played around we were first out so we were out at like seven thirty or something like that so we were back in early and we weren't playing then until half three and then one of the lads says, oh, it's just a swimming pool. So we're saying that it's really cool. It was like an apartment slash hotel. It was really nice. The rooms were lovely. And I said, there's a pool there. I was like, oh, fucking nice one. So I thought, I'll go here, sit in the pool for a while, join it up. I've been in Portugal four times. Couldn't tell you what the country's like. Mm. Nice golf courses. You were usually just golf, golf, golf. So I was like, oh, get into the pool, get into the pool. It was fucking freezing. I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> so I had sunscreen on my face, my arms, my legs from playing the golf and all that. Never thought of my chest. I was like, oh, I'm going to be in the pool anyway. But the pool was fucking freezing. And as everyone knows, I do not like the cold. Yeah, me and you are very the same on that front. Mm-hmm. We hate the cold. Um, so I was like, oh, fuck that. So I was talking to Saggy. Saggy, one of the new lads. I know Saggy from the town. Anyone from the town will know Saggy's age. Saggy's a talker. Like you. Saggy's talking about holidays. And as Saggy's talking to me about holidays, I'm texting you going, oh, Saggy said, the yeah. cruise is really good. Oh, Saggy was in Jamaica. Saggy said, oh, I went to Thailand. Couldn't spend money. It's really cheap, blah, blah, blah. And text you, he's yapping away. So he stays in the pool. He's hanging over the pool, kind of with his arms out. So Saggy stays for about a half an hour. He fucks off. He gets replaced by Dom, who puts Saggy to shame in terms of talking. He comes out. He's, we're talking about aut- the autism and stuff like that. I haven't really spoke to any of the lads since I was diagnosed. He's asked me questions about that. And that's another half an hour. And that was grand. Went back inside, got ready for golf, got changed, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> out I go. That night, I was t- talking to you on the phone, right. and I was just lying in the bed, had my legs up on the bed, and had my hand on my, on my stomach, on my chest. I was like, that feels hot. <laughs> How the fuck is that hot? So I get up, look in the mirror, 
oh my God, I am fucking red. And my first thought is, because I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know. This was my first fucking thought. I got burnt through my fucking top. How did I get burnt through my fucking top? <laughs> so I had to go down and get, I had hay fever for some reason. Worst of a seriously high colic out there. I had to go and get an antihistamine to have it off on the lads. And I said to him, look, I'm about to get burnt through my top. Jesus Christ, you're fucking red. I was like, I know. And then I was like, oh, hang on. So if I got burnt on my top, I would have got burnt on the back as well. And they were like, Sure up at the pool. I was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> so I got fucking fried at the pool. Saggy like says to me next morning, goes, Jesus Clarity, your fucking chest must be red, is it? I was like, yeah, why? He said, oh, my shoulders. So because his shoulders were the only bit sticking out of the water, mm. he got fried. So I'm itchy as fuck. I put Vaseline on it yesterday. Fucking, yeah, but what about my chest? But <laughs> <laughs> So it's been peeling, and you want to see the place before I hoovered up there was just. There's DNA I found it evidence in my hair on me. This morning, it was so gross. <laughs> and that's after I peeled a load of it off. Like I was like, "What's in my hair?" <laughs> Ew. <laughs> right. Just need something to remember me by. So don't want, look like I've got <laughs> Don't want you going home. Don't want you going home forgetting about me. Yeah, I'll just leave a trail you can follow. Yeah. Like so, but yeah, so I've been peeling and it's so fucking itchy. Uh, it's really oh, itchy. terrible. And you're like, "Stop scratching!" It's like I can't stop scratching. It's driving me mad. You say that to me all the time with my legs, and I can't stop scratching. Yeah, but that's different. Because it's me. Yeah, but you're a clown. It's like... It's like a fucking dog trying to get through the door. <laughs> to the point that you wake up and you fucking scratch your legs in your sleep. Oh, yeah. And you're scraped. Yeah. So that's an entirely that's an entirely different thing. So my son, do you want to go smile, Ryle? Well, that's me smile on me, Ryle. It's Portugal and playing golf in the sun. That's me smile. Getting the sunburn was me, Ryle. I do have a little, another little Ryle, but I'll save it. So we, I'll save we, the little Ryle? Yeah, yeah. Do I know the little Ryle? Well, like, well, like generally, <laughs> generally speaking, yeah, that's a fucking fair I'm assessment. A bit worried, but I'm like, I don't know the <laughs> that's like, oh great, what are we getting into now? <laughs> what do they do the other day that we haven't spoken about? <laughs> Avocados. Oh, stop! Oh, seriously, I put I put a tweet up yesterday. So for anyone that's seen the tweets, Paul did. Thanks, Paul. Nice to hear from you again. Glad to. Did you put on a straight talking mental health tweet? I thought I thought it was from my oma. I was locked into the podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> but then I thought, like, well, you know, fucking people are always talking about avocados. We get a little bit, we get a little bit of traffic to the podcast. <laughs> so I left it up. So you got me into avocados. So I tried to have a healthy breakfast. That's like two. So before my breakfast was a boiled egg, mm-hmm. two bits of uh, what do you call the little bread? Wheaten bread. You call it wheaten bread. Wheaten bread. I don't know what yeah. you call it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. wheaten bread. So a little small little one. My Cambridge is kind of thing. Two of them. Slice three, three. Each one, dippy egg, and then eat me, eat me egg. Switch that up now. Got a new breakfast, mm-hmm. keeping it fresh. Mm-hmm. Down with the kids. Got the avocado, two bits of whole grain, whole grain toast. Went yesterday morning. So go in, go into Tesco's, go into Aldi, Lidl, whatever. Get your ripe and ready avocados. Savage. Was doing loads of cleaning up because you were coming down, hoovering up all the fucking skin that had peeled off me. <laughs> It was everywhere. You should have seen the bed sheets. Oh, stop. <laughs> I changed them. Oh, I changed okay. them. Oh. Fucking hell. That's why I changed them. I was like, I need to get it. I'm like a fucking just lizard here. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I went down and was like, right, I was cleaning for ages. Right, I'll get that now before I jump in the shower. I wouldn't catch it. Went to cut the avocado. Could barely put the fucking knife through the thing. Mm. Eventually slice it open, tried to cut it up to put it on. No. Ripe and ready, my bollocks. So my tweet was, Ripe and Ready is obviously a brand name mm. because I thought it pertained to, well, when you buy this, 
here you go. It's ripe and ready, ready to go. I think it must be a recent thing because me and you both got the same thing, but I haven't had remember that in Ethan, a long time. Ethan literally couldn't put his one over last week. Yeah. I've never really had it. Ripe and ready is usually ripe. Yeah. I would I would buy eight a week for yeah. my family, so never had a problem before. So that's that's me with our little royal avocados being claiming ripe and ready when in fact I'm just not. proud you're eating avocado to I'm there. fucking proud of myself I'm like check me out being a big boy <laughs> being a fucking grown up this is good for me it doesn't actually taste of anything that's why yeah, yeah true well it's like salt and it's like you I, got I, the salt. I, I still I still don't have it I still don't have it wanting it but did you want eggs yeah I need to live with it but this is definitely like I know it's like I'll never go I'll never order an avocado anyway mm, no chance you have it for breakfast. If you go to the silk and you'll always get an avocado with bacon with, and stuff like that. With my breakfast, yeah. yeah. No, but I'd never, like, you know these people that go, oh, I have a smashed avocado. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll never be one of them. I eat it because I probably should eat something decent. Oh, God, and it's healthy, it healthy fats healthy. and stuff like yeah. that. Right? So, yeah. Um, and to make up for that, I have ordered supplements again. Because so, <laughs> my diet is pretty poor. Your diet's terrible. Yeah. Um, Even yesterday proved a point where I wanted to make something decent. You were starving, I was starving. And I was like, oh, I'll just oh you can, yeah. I can't eat crap when yeah. I'm hungry. You're like, oh, do you want to get something? I was like, ah, there's M&M's at home. They'll keep me going. Like, no, I'll make you a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, that's not quick. So I was like, jam dark, that'll do. <laughs> I'll eat all this shit in the evening. Yeah. No bother, but I can't. I just eat it throughout yeah. the day. You eat it when you're hungry, whereas I'll eat it a snack on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that's because you're a grown. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, and you do what you're supposed to do, have it as a snack, mm. whereas I have it as a meal. <laughs> well, I had some snack last night when I walked into the sitting room. And you're oh like, my God. What are she you? fucking, she comes into the sitting room and like, oh, picky. I'm going to get something. I'm like, all right, I'll go, to, go to Tyler. And she comes back in. Yeah, no, it's just a bit picky. She comes in with a muffin, a chocolate muffin, a tub of fucking prawn cocktail and a packet of kettle crisps. And I'm like, what you fucking, and a Lucas head, you absolute weirdo. No, I had the prawn first. You had the prawns. Yeah, it was girl. half a muffin. Half a Oh, yeah. Because you had the other half earlier. Right? Yeah. Muffins, tub of prawn cocktail stuff. Is it just called prawn cocktail? It's just prawn cocktail. Prawns you know the pink fucking mayonnaise. rosemary sauce? Yeah. Or Mary Rose. What's called, whatever the fucking ketchup and... Most people have it as a starter. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. So you polished off them. I know what it is. Then you had your crisps and your Lucas mm. head. All washed, washed down with your trusty Lucas head, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been mentioned, does it? Oh, you're a Lucas Ed obsession. Oh, my terrible addiction. Oh, I have, I have picture. I have pictures, and there'll be more pictures today of empty bottles left all around. Have house. you got pictures? Yeah, I talk about magic. Like Thank four you. or five empty. Oh no, not empty. Sorry, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Not empty. They're usually with about a quarter or That's a fifth the of the spit. bottle left. It's not the space. I don't, well, in high school, can you not fucking drink? Do you not know how to drink without a wash bag? It's not no, space. It's what I was raised in high school. The, the bit at the bottom spit. You don't want that. You don't share that. So what <laughs> happens is you get four or five bottles of Lucas that left around the house with about a fifth of the bottle left to the point where I did it one day. I was like, watch this, Ashley. And I poured them all in. And it was a full bottle. Then last night I said, he wants, I brought in a new Lucas head and there was spit left in the other one. I said, well, do you want that? No, no, no. I want it cold. Yeah, because I've seen you going in with a cold bottle. Like, that's exactly right. Yeah, if the other one was there, I would have just had it. But there was like, Take the call. I just want to just just that first hit. So I don't know. She says it's a naughty thing that they give all fucking love Lucas Ed up there. It's definitely not them in the south. Like I've been up there mm-hmm. and they've got Lucas Ed fridges. Like oh, if you go have. into the shop and you get your Coke fridge or your Pepsi, just Lucas Ed vending machines too. I don't know. Is is it? I've never seen it anywhere else. I've oh, never. I, I crave as soon as I open my eyes in the morning. I need a Lucas Ed because yeah, you're like a fucking junkie, and I'm not happy. Enough. And you, yeah, you need a fix. Like you're a fucking junkie. <laughs> you got your shirt on wrong. 
Oh, stop. I fucking need to hit that shit. <laughs> Sucking out that bottle. <laughs> what does Delilah call it? Oh, Mama's Bobo. Mama's Bobo. Yeah. Mama's, Mama's bottle. bottle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Mama's Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> it is Mama's Bobo. It is Mama's Bobo, yeah. <laughs> that is the truth. Yeah, so let us know. If you, is fucking Lucas an addiction or a thing, a big thing where you are? Because you're like, it sells out in Asda. Oh, yeah. And all that sort of stuff and it's all out in the shops. I don't even trust going to Asda to get my Lucas I have to get it in the shop before I go to Asda. Jesus so, Christ. yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's weird up there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my smiles and royals what have you got for me smiles I, i'll tell you what i really enjoyed this week um john wick again oh, yeah i bet you fucking did no but we watched the third one was it last night it's, it's like i had a fucking choice of it, no we uh, were out in the garden it's like oh i get the furniture and we're like oh i just put john wick on my phone I'm like rude but all right <laughs> it's like oh, i was just watching inside so then we were watching john wick it wasn't like, ooh, let's put on John Wick. You were watching it. And you were watching it because your fucking crush is Keanu Reeves. No, no, no. It started off as John Wick. Mm. Yeah, the first one. And mm. no, I actually love the storyline to it. Yeah, the storyline. The killer's dog. And the rest of it is just him killing other people. Wonderful the fucking fight, story. The fight scenes. Oscar-nominated fucking storytelling there. The fight scenes and everything are really, really good. Yeah. If, I was, are, going, if I was going just for the looks of Keanu Reeves, I would have stopped the speed or I would have stopped it. You know, so you're gonna watch that this week, though, aren't you? <laughs> it did cross me. Yeah, I fucking know what you're like. But no, you know me. I'll only watch stuff that I've seen before. Yeah. We tried to watch The Northman last night. What you decided? Oh, so basically, I don't know if we spoke about this before. Oh, we want to watch out? anything because we only ever watch what you've already seen. Because then I'm not disappointed. Then, but you can see new things, and there might be things that you like. But we don't. We never like I things. know we fucking don't. We tried last night a new thing. The TV. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> We're not talking about that side. Maybe, right. maybe we have a sex therapist. Oh, we might talk about that side. But... So John Wick is your smile. John no, Wick, one, two, three. One, 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 one. Killing yeah. the, the pencil and all that. And the fights. Like I said, the fight mm. scenes and all that is brilliant. Um, Did you barbecue yesterday? Thought that might have made it into your smiles. That was a smile. Could have used that next week. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's me wrapped up in the sun. Yeah. She's inside. Right? It's eight, well, fuck, it was 18 degrees. She's inside with a blanket around her going, oh, it's cold. It's like, it's fucking roasting out. No, I'm cold. So I'm outside slaving over a barbecue and you're in fucking splooshing over a can of Reeves. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah, we know we were wrapped up in the blanket. Oh, shut up. <laughs> So, you do remember my mum listens. Yeah, yeah, and she'd be like, yeah, I know why she was wrapped up in the blanket. <laughs> That's my blanket. Um, right, so, Ryle. Then. We got a Ryle. Oh, it's not really a Ryle, but I suppose it is. And then again, Bear's talking about. we're going to go in regards to TikTok. So, we got, um, it's on my my personal account, isn't it? So, my, mm. yeah, it's actually yeah, on yeah, my personal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a picture of me. Picture of me and you. I was just going to say, my handsome boyfriend. With his lovely eyelashes. With his lovely eyelashes. <laughs> so, um, and so I've got a new follower. You don't really pay attention to who they are. There's mm. a lot of them spam anyway. Um, and I realised that my new follower was actually me and you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I put the, the, the name's Kimberly, and I can't mm. remember the number. But um, 
yeah, Kimberly. So I, I sent her a message and because she's following me and you yeah. can't talk to anybody now unless you both follow, follow each, each other. other. Yeah. So I was like, hey, twin. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Well, that, like, she is, like, I don't know. Is she similar to myself or not? I don't so know. So it's obviously a spam fake account, but what I've done she's is. Of, so far, she oh, hasn't posted it? anything and she's how she's got followers. Yeah, well, he. <laughs> you know, it's going to be he, he somewhere. whatever, but, you know. So they basically took our picture and have used it as their own. And I have contacted TikTok uh, about this nothing. in the last two weeks, five times, and they've done sweet cafe. So, yeah. um, and I wanted it to be juicy. Remember, I said to you, <laughs> juicy. Like my life's pretty boring. <laughs> I wanted like some kind of link to something where I could be like, and there's like nothing. There's nothing. She's not even spamming anybody. <laughs> I'm not even anything. I'm just a picture. Me and you are just a picture. So this, I haven't even got. Yeah. Yeah. Then you had me reverse image searching to see if it was anywhere else out there. You didn't even do that, did you? I did do it. Did you? Yeah, it was on there. All right. So it's just her. Did she come up? No. Well, then they didn't. Well, work I don't know. It's just a fucking <laughs> profile picture on TikTok. I don't know. I didn't come up well, then, did it? But can you even see someone's full profile picture? Oh God! Answer? Listen, I don't even know anything about this. Yeah. So, but yeah. So TikTok's literally done nothing in regards yeah. to that. So they obviously liked what they saw and say, oh. Would take a bit of that to sell us as a genuine account. It looked like people would feel sorry for them and follow. <laughs> 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 it worked. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Like people feel sorry for us. They look at you with me and they. Oh. <laughs> look at his eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, he's got, he's got lovely eyelashes. But there's clearly something wrong with him. I feel Aww. bad it took so long to realise. Yeah, that'll tell you a year and a half. You need to fucking notice. I did talk to you. I didn't make eye contact. I think it's because... Do you be looking at my eyes, actually? Well, most of the time I'm talking, so I'm kind of, like, concentrating on my own thoughts. And I think <laughs> I'm listening to you talk, and then just the whole... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't be looking at my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I this is gone. Yeah, no. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's been like a piece of meat, right? Very vulnerable and exposed. <laughs> this must be how women feel walking under all every single day of their lives. <laughs> oh dear. So, what about you, Riles? Yeah, I had me Riles, my sunburn, being just being an idiot. That's uh, it. Entirely my own fault. And the avocados. Avocado. That's my smile than Riles. Anything else? Anything else we need to cover? No, I think that's it. I think that's the whole shebang, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, it's currently 10 a.m., and that means one thing I'm off to make a fry. You I'm not even actually that hungry. You make avocado and toast. Uh, make it, you fucking asshole. Oh, you have to. I'll be starving. You'll hear me belly on the podcast. You will. I've got it. So if you've seen the tweet or you've seen the, the picture on Facebook. Did you put it up? Yeah, I did put it up. <laughs> Ashton's on her phone eating avocado. Oh, my legs crossed about With her legs, times. yeah, wrapped around herself and wrapped around herself again. <laughs> and you said it wasn't flexible. Well, that's just discomfort. That's just... That's not know. discomfort. That was me relaxing. <laughs> that's not... We'll, we'll say not about that. Okay. <laughs> so go off and have a fry. Hopefully everyone else has had an enjoyable Sunday morning. Well, it'll be Tuesday morning as they go. They get, they get this. So they're probably listening on their way to work. No, sorry about that. Oh, help them, I was going to so, say. So sausage, rasher, eggs, toast. You can have the rest of that avocado. Yeah. 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 I'm not making it. <laughs> no, I know you're not making it. I'll make it. It used to be, oh, let's go to Silken for breakfast. And you're like, oh, but we'll prefer yours. I'm like, oh, boy. I do. I've said that from day one. Yeah. You make a brilliant breakfast. I do make a good fry. You do. I've said I that do from day I one. I do make a good fry. Mm-hmm. So that can, be your, that can be your smile next week. <laughs> I'm used to it now. I'm kind of like, you know, when you're, you're just, what's the word? 
when you're just using taking me for granted uh, no, no, not too far. But you don't appreciate. You shouldn't. You yeah. don't appreciate because you're used to it. If you know what yeah. I mean. So yeah. I pre. No, I do appreciate it. But the first time you made the breakfast, I really appreciated the shit out of that breakfast. <laughs> As opposed to the first time I made a meal where I was going to shit myself. Yeah. Anyone can listen back to the story of me being not overly fat, or rather, my stomach not being overly fat of mozzarella. And the first night Ashing stayed in my house, I thought I was going to shit the bed. Yeah. and never slept a wink you didn't no it's because my last words to you was don't shit the bed yeah exactly and like, then I went to sleep and that's like one of those horror stories yeah, where they go to the kid don't let the boogeyman get to <laughs> and next thing the kid is just awake fucking terrorised by the thought of the boogeyman really? so it's like oh the boogeyman was your ass yeah so this week on the podcast, we are talking to author Peter Vox, who has, from what I've read in the emails, quite a fascinating story to tell, and a man who is certainly going to shine light on mental health all the way from the US of A, Mr. Peter Vox. Peter, how are you doing tonight, today, as it were for you? I'm good afternoon, Alan. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. Uh, it's it's an uh, honor to be here with you. Thank you very much. The honor, the honor is certainly ours. Peter, where in the world are you? Um, I live in the Bronx right now, um, surrounded by gray pizza everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let, let, let's let's knock it out of the way first, Peter. Where where are your where are your people from? Where's the old country? <laughs> the old country is Long Island, and uh, before that, uh, it's a bit sketchy. Um, some some part of the family is Russian, <laughs> Romanian. Um, then I heard, uh, oh, wow. uh, German. So it, it depends what the borders were and, uh, who was fighting and who the family was running away from at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's probably not the same country that it once was when they left. Peter, before we, before we get into everything we have to discuss, you're in, you're in the Bronx, Bronx representing, uh, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself, Peter? Sure. I'm 52 years old. Um, I'm a retired uh, physical education teacher, gym teacher. I'm a musician by trade. Um, and I was born with uh, anxiety, uh, existential crises, basically, that happens all the time. Uh, part of it was uh, genetic and part of it was my environment. Um, mental illness runs in the family. My uncle and my grandmother were schizophrenic uh, on my mother's side. And on my father's side, my father was uh, anxiety, depression, um, uh, issues like that. Unfortunately, there was a lot of death in the family on uh, uncles and aunts and cousins and uh, close friends of the family, uh, people that had untimely deaths. And um, you mix all that together and your first awareness of life, you're, it's the subject matter it surrounds death and um that's what you grow up obsessing about and it was based on fear of the fear of death not of um you know like loving horror movies and violence it was quite the opposite uh, uh philosophical thoughts about it what was i before i was born what happens to you after you die was it like before you were born um questions of uh what existed before the universe, before the Big Bang Theory. And I was having those thoughts at, I was, I'd have those thoughts at age five, six years old and trying to wrap my head around it. And when you can't, it scares the shit out of you. And um, by the age of nine, I had a real 
my first real authentic awareness of mortality and it hit me um and my body responded i remember the adrenaline adrenaline rush my whole body going numb and going cold and being just terrified and feeling just not in control of anything and that started it it started this obsessive uh questioning of of everything at a very young age and um combined with my father's behaviors of being a hypochondriac and worried about food ingredients and uh, electronics like TVs and microwave ovens and this causes cancer and those things cause cancer and um, uh, always watching things on the news about who was killed and just uh, just that theme of doom and gloom you grow up uh, afraid all the time and it's stuck and um, I think if I wasn't born predisposed to it because I have an older brother who doesn't have this um, if I wasn't predisposed to it, I think I would have reacted to those behaviors uh, in the way my brother did by being rebellious and fighting back and, and saying, no, I'm not going to believe in these uh, irrational things. Uh, but for me, I soaked it all in and it became obsessive and I feared things and I would picture and I could picture different scenarios in my head of like people getting sick and pretending that... Uh, you know, emulating that someone died and thinking about what it would feel like and actually feeling that way. And, um, uh, you know, those feelings could last for, you know, days or hours. And then at times when I became a teenager, it, be just, it was lasting for months. So by age 14, I started therapy. And that's the basic background of everything. Uh, by 23, I was I started. <laughs> by 23, I started medication. Um, it was just Xanax at the time. Uh, my first experience with something stronger was Prozac, that led to a suicide attempt because of the side effects. And um, what were the side effects for you, Peter? We we hear Prozac as a sort of magic pill to 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 calm you down and stuff like that. What what side effects did you experience? I remember reading the warning label, and I said to my therapist, "I said the side effects." That's an extensive list. <laughs> yeah, it's just a you know I was like it was it was it was a thick you know it was like thick you know it thunked when I put it down, and I said this is quite a list of you know side effects where one of them is increased anxiety, and he said, "Oh, that happens to only point zero one percent of the population, and that doesn't really happen to many people." and it takes about two weeks for the medication to take effect and, you know, try it. This is 1996. And uh, I tried it and I, free I freaked out on it. I was hearing voices in my head that I knew weren't there. And I was having anxiety attacks. And at the same time, I knew it was the medication that was doing this to me. So it was almost like watching a nightmare happen and I couldn't control it. So I was feeling fear and knowing that it was it was sort of like being uh, um, like if I forget which Batman movie he he sprays the people with the uh, with the fear gas, you know, and they become afraid. Oh, that Batman, you know? begins. Batman begins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're talking to a man with a Batman tattoo, Peter. I need to know the answer to that one. <laughs> I'd be absolutely ashamed of myself. <laughs> it's like you're given a drug that makes you feel terror. You feel I felt terror. And it, it led me to a 
to where I had a lot of Xanax and I just took a bunch of Xanax to offset the suicidal feelings. And I didn't care if I lived or died. And they're like, you could have killed yourself by taking these many Xanax. And I'm like, at that point, I didn't give a shit. You know, you know, you fast forward to my 40s. Um, uh, lots of things happen, you know, divorce and problems with work and uh, um, a car accident, back surgery, a lot of life changing things. And then when you enter those situations with a mental illness already um, and and experimenting with different medications with with psychiatrists, well, you know, let's try this one because, you know, Lexapro is not working anymore. And a lot of those medications made things worse. So there's more suicide attempts from medications and that the, those led to uh, the hospitalizations. So um, I spent uh, a total of about 14, between 14 and 15 months hospitalized in, in psychiatric wards. And I spent 11 months consecutively um uh, between three psychiatric wards. So almost a year, uh, hospitalized. So in that world, I got to experience what it's like living in a psychiatric hospital. Um, what the group therapy is like there, how you're treated, the food, what the other patients are like. I, I talked to a lot of patients. Um, the book came about from, uh, one of the therapists giving me an assignment for a weekend, she said, I want you to write three pages, one for Friday, one for Saturday, one for Sunday. And then on Monday, we'll see how what you wrote. Just three paragraphs. That's it. So when that Monday came about, she said, how much did you write? I said, 66 pages. And she said, well, you should keep going. <laughs> and uh, I filled up th I filled up three notebooks and that turned into the book. So I, I structured it um, to make it into a book format, but I pretty much kept it word for word. And I added things, you know, background stories and, and other things. Um, and I just wrote about m my experience with anxiety and depression, what it's like being hospitalized, how I've handled it through the years, uh, how how I feel about the, the mental health system, how I feel about medications, how I feel about therapists, um, certain therapists, uh, there's good ones and bad ones. Um, and just a realistic view about how to, uh, live with it. I know I call the book surviving anxiety and depression. And I look back on it and going surviving sounds such like a melodramatic word because everybody seems to use it. And I, I wish I would have called it living with anxiety and depression because yeah, you're still living with it. And, and there's, there's a realistic view of, of having it. And, um, it's not a book about, you know, follow this program and you're guaranteed to get rid of your anxiety. It's, it's more, here's a realistic view, find what works for you and how to tolerate it. And, um, and you're going to have good days. You're going to have days where you feel like you take, a lot of steps forward, like someone was talking about. I was on another podcast yesterday, and the host mentioned, she goes, sometimes sometimes I feel like I take 10 steps backwards. And I said, that's a great point because, you know, you're going to have days where you, where you feel like that. And then some days 
where you make 20 steps forward. So you know what? You, you're, in, you're in positive 10 at that point, you know. So <laughs> there's, good, there's good days and bad days ahead. And to understand that. And just because you're having a bad day doesn't mean there aren't good days ahead. And just because you're having a good day doesn't mean, you know, you don't get to not to be negative, but it's like, okay, you know, a good day is possible to have. And to not let the bad day crush all the, you know, progress that you've made just because you fell off the wagon, so to speak, and you had a couple of days in bed with depression doesn't mean that mm. the three good that doesn't mean that the three good months you had went to waste, you know? Yeah, I think I think I especially see that with a lot of clients, uh, ex exactly that kind of thing of they have a bad one or two days and it's it's feeling that they've gone back to zero. Yeah, you know, so no, you, you've not gone back to zero. You you might have taken a few steps back, but sure. you've, you've not gone back to zero. It's yeah, it's it's a bump in the road or or any you know, people sometimes hate using metaphors because they get overused. But um, one I've been using, it's like you know, you're on a river, and sometimes there's rapids, and sometimes the water's smooth, and um, you know, it's all part of it's all part of the course of, you know, the, of, of that river. And, um, you know, just the few days that you have, you, that you had bad days, uh, could simply be because you didn't sleep enough, you know, and, and it has no reflection on any mistake that you made or, um, you know, you stayed up too late cause you watched a movie and you only got four hours of sleep and that could trigger an anxiety attack because, oh, you're late for work the next day and then you drank two cups of coffee and now all of a sudden you're stressed out and it triggers an anxiety attack because, you know, um, that sort of behavior is what your body is used to during anxiety. And then it, an, an anxiety attack turns on and you feel like, oh my God, why, why is this happening? And it's simply because, you know, you watched Pulp, Fi you watched, uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, <laughs> you stayed up a little too late. <laughs> and, and it's mm. just a simple thing like that can cause it, you know. And once you learn the ins and outs of it, yeah, you know, you, you're better off, you know. You said this is, this is something you've, you've basically suffered with since, since, since day one, Peter. That's, you know, kind of a genetic predisposition to it. We had uh, author Mark Willin on um, last last summer. He spoke about um, generational trauma and stuff like this and how the experiences of our, of our parents and grandparents literally affects our genetics. So we can have this genetic predisposition to, to, to certain conditions and, you know, while while the genes are there, you know, take something to activate them, and and something happens. Then, um, you, you mentioned on on your parents' side, what, what did that look like as as you were a child, Peter? What what was it that you would have been witnessing in in their behavior that that kind of exposed you to it from from an early age? Sure, I'll use um, food for example. My father was very uh, he paid a lot of attention to ingredients in food, artificial colors. Um, artificial sweeteners, sodium nitrates used in cold cuts, uh, and uh, saccharin. Um, and he would make it well known daily um, that we couldn't eat these things because it caused cancer. And, you know, I'm five, six years old, and you can't have this because it causes cancer. You can't eat this because it causes cancer. And you're being reminded of it 
every time uh, you go get something to eat because you're eating something as a substitute for something that you'd have to eat a, a, a ton of it, it, to get cancer. You know, I mean, we weren't, it's not like we were sitting there eating salami every meal, you know, and bacon and, um, you know, red M&Ms, you know, red dye number five was the evil ingredient back then. And, and um, one of the things was saccharin, and that happened to be in all major toothpaste, AIM, Crest, Colgate, you know, and that was banned from the house because it causes cancer, you know. Uh, so he would have my mother go to the health food store and buy this toothpaste called True Dent, and it was like brushing your teeth with window caulking, and it didn't foam up like regular toothpaste, and it got it got clammy, you know, it was it just didn't break up, and it stuck in your teeth, and is so you're reminded every time you brush your teeth why you're using this. I'm using this because the other one causes cancer, so death. So cancer leads to death. And um, then every night my father would, uh, they had a bedroom, they had a master uh, bedroom with their own bathroom. So every night my father would go to his bathroom and examine his body for any kind of growths or moles or anything wrong with his skin. And he would yell to my mother at the top of his lungs, come up and come up here. I want to talk to you. And he would sound fearful. And uh, being that we're Jewish and from New York, which is very close to being Italian, it's a loud household. Nobody can, you know, a, a quiet conversation is uh, over 100 decibels. You know, it's a it's a Van Halen concert, you know, a normal conversation. And um, so he would just yell to her at the top of the stairs with this shrill, come upstairs, you know, like when Howard, if you ever heard Howard Stern imitating his father in this neurotic shrill mm. of fear, that's what it, <laughs> that's what it sounded like every night. And you're laying in bed and, and you're, you're in your formative years and you hear fear. What's this? And what's this on my back? And what is it? And my mother's going, it's nothing. It's a scratch. Are you sure? And she's going, I don't know. And he's going, what do you mean you don't know? And it would lead to these um, irrational arguments you know, as if my mother was some sort of nurse practitioner um, and could diagnose um, his his skin condition or she was some sort of amateur dermatologist. And um, it was those things every night. And uh, then it was, you know, we couldn't have a color television because it, it emits radiation and that causes cancer or a microwave oven and that causes cancer. Um I remember the big blowout argument with my brother when he came home from college over apple juice because apple juice was being sprayed with pesticide. Apples were being sprayed with pesticides, which caused cancer. So apple juice was banned from the house, you know, and um, it that was constant and ongoing. And then you add on my mother's side and my father's side, an uncle dying, an aunt dying, and then a cousin dying on one side, a cousin dying on the other side, um, uh, the neighbor dying, um, close friends of my parents dying, everybody at young ages, under 40 or just turning 40, and then one cousin my age. Uh, he was eight and I was eight. So, uh, you combine all that and then the predisposition, it became an obsessive 
thoughts all the time about what happens, the, the philosophical things of what's the meaning of life, um, the scientific themes around it, what happens to your body, what happens to your soul, what's electricity is, you know, Einstein, Einstein says that energy can't be destroyed. So where does your energy go to? And, um, things like I said, you can't comprehend and you lose it, you know, certain existential thinking where you can't get beyond that. And for me, it, it flips on a switch of terror. And um, you just feel not in control of anything. And that's what happens. And for a long time, it, would, it lasts for days, weeks, and months. Um, it affects you physically. You can't eat. Um, uh, it's hard to, you, you can't move sometimes. And it, it, took a lot, it, take, it took a lot of years in therapy to get used to it. But uh, there's still, you know, I've had pitfalls in life. And um I probably should have been hospitalized at when I was 14 when I started therapy. But uh but finally when I was 40 What what triggered uh, the therapy at at 14 Peter was it that that existential uh, philosophical anxiety or was it something else that had triggered the the first It was that combined with it was 1984 so everything was um centered around the Cold War with the Soviet Union and Every, any minute now we can get blown up and I started obsessing about that and I happened to have a nightmare about nuclear war and it triggered a a panic attack like I hadn't had in a lot of years and I lost control of everything I started throwing up I threw up in a neighbor's backyard because I was walking to a fr another friend's house to walk to school together and I would cut through the neighbor's backyard because we knew them, so they didn't care. You know, it was a shortcut. So you walk through the backyard, you pick your friend up, you walk to school. So I was in the neighbor's backyard, and I had a nightmare the night before about nuclear war. I had a panic attack about it. I felt a cold wave of adrenaline hit my chest. My whole body went numb. I got nauseous. I started uh, dry heaving, like retching. Um, everything went numb, and then I lost control of my bowels. I, I crapped in my pants. Um, I had the runs and I went home, I met my mother and I told her I needed to go to therapy. Um, I knew that up to that point that it was leading to therapy because I was obsessing about death a lot more because I started high school and I started thinking about age more and a new phase in life and death more. And I saw my I saw my classmates acclimated to high school and doing very well. And I happened to grow up in a, in a prestigious town, very wealthy people. And my classmates were kids that, you know, eventually went to Harvard and Yale and Ivy League schools. And I saw driven kids. And in a way, I was lucky, even though it was tough socially, you get picked on if you don't have a lot of money, etc. But I was totally lost, but I saw these kids doing their work and I'm like, I better do my fucking work, you know, at least get graduate and get to college and keep focused that way. So watching kids be watch overachieving kids do well really helped me because it kept me this. All right. Follow this. Follow the pack here, you know, and you'll be fine. And we'll we'll deal with this stuff on the side somehow, you know. And I started the therapy in ninth grade. And um, 
he wasn't uh he was effective enough to get me through high school and college you know without medication and then uh he was the one that prescribed the Prozac and it I had a girlfriend at the time that witnessed the Prozac and um I took all the Xanax to offset the Prozac and I switched to um a different therapist after that and that that therapist was more effective and that's when I really started learning about everything you know so you'd ha- you'd had the childhood then Peter of kind of absorbing your father's anxiety a uh, sort of a, a genetic predisposition to it anyway and we certainly spoke on um previous episodes I think with Mike, Mike Schlossberg politics and we had Mark Willen around the generational trauma and being Jewish in and of itself carries a lot of generational <laughs> trauma you, you yeah, kind of you, you know you described your dad there as the sort of stereotypical neurotic a Jewish man, you know, as I said, how, uh, Howard Stern's dad and that that kind of ilk. Sure. So it, there's you have this. You're absorbing his anxiety around the TV, around apples, you know, everything that's a carcinogenic. You're a child. You absorb all of this because obviously the grown ups know more than we do. Yeah. You get yourself through high school with the help of therapy. You get through college. You you then go on into a teaching position. What did what did mental health look like at, at at that stage of your life? So as you move into adulthood and after I college was a great time because I went to school upstate and it was sort of I had my moments of of anxiety and depression, but I was having so much fun and I was studying music and it was uh I was distracted. Um and I was involved in a lot of things, uh, so it was a it was a nice reprieve from being depressed. Um, so when I graduated, I reverted back to my old behaviors again of being depressed and obsessing about death. So I became immediately scared of everything again, and uh, I I was completely lost. I didn't know what to do. So um, I decided to become a, a phys ed teacher after I became a personal trainer because I always liked fitness. I'm like, all right, I'll try uh, personal training while I pursue music and I was doing both. And then I played lacrosse in high school and college and the personal training led to the the decision of I could become a a gym teacher, uh, teach and coach lacrosse and do that. And, um, I started, I went to graduate school. The first day they said, when you graduate, don't teach for New York City schools. And I didn't listen. So that that's where I wound up. I wound up in the Bronx in one of the worst areas, according to uh, um, Sid Rosenberg on WABC Radio, who grew up in that neighborhood of the Bronx where I taught. He goes, it's the worst neighborhood in the country. <laughs> And uh, I didn't realize it, that it was considered that bad. I thought the South Bronx was, but this isn't quite the South Bronx, but close enough. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a a highly stressful, even for a phys ed teacher. Supposedly, you know, the most fun class you have kids that don't want to play. They're unruly. They don't come from structured homes. Um, that all you put all that aside and just take what the actual gym looked like it was disgusting it wasn't cleaned we didn't have proper equipment the vents were so dirty with dust it looked like they were growing fur um 
we'd find rat carcasses. I have photos of everything and I would take pictures. And uh, there was chemicals in the air that we tested high for. I was breaking out in rashes. Uh, we were given a fake report about it and I was a whistleblower. And long story short, they were not happy with that. And I would complain, there's no air conditioning. The fans don't work. It's disgusting in here. You're separating the boys and the girls. This is illegal. I would go to, I would complain to, you know, um, OSHA and PESH, which is, you know, safety uh, organizations for employees and, and the students, obviously, as well. And... Um, I retired early because I feared I lose my pension and I had all all those events happened and um, I wound up uh, I was experimenting with different medications and one in particular was Ativan and the one of the side effects of Ativan is suicidal ideation and it makes you want to kill yourself but when it's working you feel it's a benzo, it's a benzodiazepine and a narcotic and it's a sedative. And to be quite honest, when you take it and it's working, it feels amazing. You, all your, you know, I've never done heroin, but I can only imagine it, it feels your, just all your worry just goes away. It melts away and I could see why people love it, you know, but when it wears off, you feel suicidal. So what happens? You take more and then it turned then you want next thing you know you're abusing it and it was in between hospitalizations where they made the error of giving me a double prescription of clonopin and ativan so i had 240 pills in my apartment there was one time i put a resistance band around my neck and started yanking on it trying to choke myself and it was sort of robotic i wasn't even in a state of feeling distressed or even feeling suicidal. It was just like, I, I saw it. I just picked it up and thought, I'm going to put this around my neck and, and pull on it. And then you sort of come to out of this sort of being hip, hypnotized, you know, and going, what am I doing to myself? And um, that happened. And then I said, well, at this point, if I don't wake up, I don't care. And if I do wake up, I'm going to be in the hospital again. And I'll stay. I'll stay for as long as I need to. And that's it. And I told the doctor, I said, you know what? I'm a baseball pitcher. My shoulder's done for the for the game. I need to hit the locker room. That's it. It's, it's time. I should have done this years ago. I feel when I was 14, I should have been hospitalized to, to get to the bottom of it right away. Um, but you have good years and bad years. Uh, Lexapro was working for such a long time that I didn't realize what I was tolerating. Uh, you become complacent and you don't stick up for yourself properly. You let a lot of things go in life. And um, when things start to happen to you where you start to feel like a victim and then you start to realize, oh my God, you let these things happen to you. You start to freak out. And that's what happened to me. And um, combined with the medication, combined with, uh, the predisposition. Um, I did the math wrong of uh, what I thought my um, pension was going to be after I resigned. And um, I freaked out, started the 11 months, and um, and then got the book out of it, basically. Mm. Your book is called uh, The Psych Ward Notes, uh, Peter. 
what went on in the psych ward? What 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 are those notes made up of? What did it look like in there for you? It it looked like um it it looks like the normal floor of of any hospital. Uh, there's nothing abnormal looking about it. Um, there's uh the only place where the walls are rubberized are uh their little gymnasium. So this way, in case you trip and fall, you know you don't crack your head on on tile or or sheetrock. Um, but the the physical layout is is nice enough. Anything that gets broken or um, wrecked are are from the behaviors of the the extremely mentally ill. You know, people um, urinating and taking craps on the toilet seat or destroying things. Um, and it takes a long time for things to get fixed. Uh, that's that's where the shortages come in and, and the downfalls are. And it's hospital food. What's it like to be in that environment, though, Peter? But as you say, you know, people that maybe committing violent acts. And, you know, we I suppose what we think of, what most people think of when they think of the psych ward, they're going to think one flew over the cuckoo's nest, etc. Um, is there any element of that? Or is, is, is it a total misconception for people just to clear that up? One flew over the cuckoo's nest is is a pretty good uh, a pretty good depiction of what it's like in in a calm environment with with some of the um, with some of the, with the way the nurses speak to you in that in a condescending way. There's some nurses like that. There's mm. but there's more good ones than bad ones. Obviously, there's the nurses are the greatest people. Uh, that I that I came across and and the behavior health associates they're called um BHAs they're um they're sort of they're sort of like therapists uh and they work with the patients and they have great insight they um they're like they're like peer counselors basically and the behaviors of the patients you have some people that are violent that you know not to go near um, you have schizophrenics that, um, like, I got punched in the face by a 67-year-old schizophrenic that told me he was hearing his voices, and but the punch in the face was in in real time was slow enough where I had enough reaction time to move my face out of the way where he just grazed me. It was basically slow motion, like, you know, it's coming, you know, and, and I'm like, Joe, what are you doing? You know, I really had enough time to say, are you going to punch me in the face right now? It was that, you know, so I kind of got grazed, you know, you know, it was, it was in slow-mo. Uh, but I heard earlier in the day he did punch someone else, so I had to tell the nurses that he he had punched me, you know. But he was telling me, you know, they're t- it, the voices are telling me to hit people, and um, I had roommates that wouldn't leave the bed all day. They would they would piss in the bed, they crap in the bed, not showering. Um, you know, I couldn't go in the room; it smelled so bad. Um, one roommate would stand at his the sh- his supply shelf you know and he would shuffle a deck of cards all night and talk to himself and he would put on different voices of different of the different people in his head and he was the and the stories were hilarious you know um i would sit there and i would listen to him and he'd shuffle a deck of cards at the same time and he goes man you see what's going on over there and he'd turn his head and go yeah i see what's going on over there what are they doing oh man i think they're doing drugs you know and he would put on completely different voices and um there was one particular night he was 
you know, he was having a conversation with someone about a woman. They were talking about her breast size and he was like, she had nice titties. Oh yeah, really nice titties. And I'm, and you know, you, I couldn't believe I was sitting there laughing, cracking up, having a, a genuine laugh in a psych ward, um, laughing at a guy or more like with him, you know, having this conversation and going, wow, this is really interesting, you know. Um, and that's when I got more of the idea to write about everybody that I was meeting and what their stories were. And uh, there were two schizophrenics that... Um, I spoke to a lot that would tell me about the voices they hear, what they say. The actual volume of the voices in their head gets so loud that it, it hurts their eardrums in a psychosomatic way. So one one guy told me who was movie star, good looks, had women calling him all day, different women all day. Um, and uh, we'd have to take messages. He didn't want to take the calls. I'm like, dude, you're a rock star. I'm like, different girls are calling you all day. He's like, which one? I'm like, I I've learned to not ask their names because I don't want to say the wrong name and then piss them off and then get you in trouble, you know? So, but he was the one that would say, he goes, yeah, it hurts so much. My eardrums hurt, you know? And, um, and, and the things that happened with his family and how he, he attacked his family with a knife and, um, no one got killed, thank goodness, you know, and he's really thankful for that. And, but people got stabbed and because voices in his head were telling him to do it. And, um, same with another guy hurt people and that's what they mostly hear. Um, another schizophrenic would interject himself into whatever TV show we were watching in particular, the transformers. Um, and, um, the John Wick movies, which I didn't, which I hadn't seen until after I got discharged. So then, when I finally watched the movies, I I understood what he was talking about, you know. But uh, <laughs> you got the references, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's what he was talking about. I'm like, it all makes sense now, you know. And um, the the one thing that I did learn is that they have moments of clarity where they're not schizophrenic for. A half hour, an hour, where they're themselves, where that what they were born to be, you know, whatever God, whatever the grand plan of human beings, whatever created us, uh, whatever your normal self should have been, comes out, and and there's great wisdom there, and great lessons, and memories of their earlier life before things got bad, and what they're what they're good at, and um, you know, I. I I, le I love to work out and when I was hospitalized I didn't want to train and it was this one of the guys who was highly schizophrenic that he decided he needed to lose weight and he would start he was walking laps around the ward and he got me to ex start exercising again you know so it's you know the people that you walk by on the street that are homeless or on the subway you know I shared bedrooms with them you know um, I shared bathrooms with them i i've had countless meals with them i've you know uh you know sat in the dentist chair next to getting our teeth done next to each other and you know met their family members that came to visit you know before covid happened and um you learn about what they're good at one guy was is was a great musician we had music class and um he's a great bass player you know and played with some um 
jazz, some semi-famous, you know, jazz musicians that I've read about in textbooks, you know, when I was in college and like, wow, you played with that guy. And, you know, you knew that dude. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and you see like, wow, these are real people with real lives and not just, um, a statistic or someone that you're afraid of. Um, I, I did have my run in with, uh, people that were psychotic or possibly homicidal, uh, and you you learn your way to uh, talk to people like that, and um, you learn what what triggers them. And once you learn what triggers them, and once you hear it from their mouths, and they sort of open up to you, like I got attacked once, and then the next day the guy was sitting eating eating lunch with me, and he didn't remember attacking me or anything like that and um so it's uh it's 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 sort of fascinating uh because i have a curious mind of to why things happen and why people are the, are the way they are mm -hmm. and um and teaching where i taught and having a lot of experience with children with mental illness um seeing adults with mental illness wasn't so surprising so i wasn't as taken i wasn't as taken aback and as shocked and as traumatized as i thought i would be about being hospitalized i didn't really have an anxiety attack of like oh my god i'm in a hospital you know it was sort of it was more of well yeah i'm supposed to be here you know and and one social worker said i don't understand why I understand why you're here, but you're not legally insane. You have, you're aware of reality, but you know, and they read your file and they go, Oh, you have such a long history of this. And one guy said, he goes, you know, it's like you basically needed a timeout from life and maybe you should have gotten taken care of this years ago. Um, it wasn't until I was 49 when, um, I got electroshock treatment, which is called ECT therapy. Um, I got 15 rounds mm -hmm. of that. It's it's not like Russell Crowe in A Beautiful Mind where you're having convulsions and things like that. But that's how mm -hmm. I that's how I found out about the schizophrenia. Um, I was in the hospital. I was on the phone with my parents, and I said they want to do shock treatment. And my mother said, "Oh, your uncle had that." I go, "What are you talking about?" Oh, he was schizophrenic. I go, "How long have you known this?" And she said, "Oh." you know, since you were born. And I'm like, well, when I started therapy, why didn't you tell our, my therapist? Oh, well, yeah, we sort of dropped the ball on that one. I'm like, well, that's really important, wow. you know, so. <laughs> that's pretty relevant information. <laughs> yeah, that set up a table of resentment, which is in the book about my parents, especially with my father, because even well before I was born, he had been going to therapy. So I was like, how can you not tell my therapist that schizophrenia runs in the family when I'm having all these problems at such a young age? So you skip to, you know, electroshock treatment. So I had that done. So so this is what people imagine in, in the psych ward, the electroconvulsive therapy. This is, this is Mike Murphy getting the getting the electrodes ahead it's it's advanced a little bit from that but it is i mean it is research back and it's particularly used with uh, major depressive disorders and stuff like that it's it's not as barbaric i suppose as people imagine no. it, or is it no not at all you're it it looks you're not in this in this room that looks like a dungeon you know it's it's a well-lit you know it looks like a, a an emergency room section, you know, what that's well taken care of, a well lit room. 
Um, and the first thing they do is they hook you up to the IV and it's 12 volts. So to put things in perspective, you know, when you test a nine volt battery to see if there's any juice left, you put it on your tongue. So oh, we've all done that one as kids. Yeah, we've <laughs> all done that. Tongue, yeah. so, so it's three volts stronger than that. And, mm. um, uh, you don't see any of the preparation for the shock for the, for the, um, for the for the shock waves that you're getting when you're awake they they put you to sleep first they then they put the electrodes on your head then they put the mouth guard in because you don't you clench and it's to stop mm. you from grind grinding your teeth or god forbid your tongue gets stuck in there but you're not shaking around but, they're but like they're generating basically small seizures is that right yeah they're tiny seeds they're micro seizures and mm. um mm. But it's not like we see in the movies where you're, you know, you're right yeah, and not, shaking and yeah, it's uh, nothing uh, like giving, that. Giving it all of that. Yeah, um, it's 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 really like going and going to get your, you know, if you were going to the dentist to get your wisdom teeth taken out, and they put you under sedation, and then you wake up like nothing happened, mm. and you're groggy. Um, you go through a period of, uh. And I describe it how my I took vocal lessons in college. I took opera lessons and my vocal coach said to me, she goes, your voice is going to get worse before it gets better because you're learning a new technique of how to sing. And um, I started feeling worse. And I realized that I'm going to feel worse for a little bit before I start feeling better because it sort of zaps a little bit of coherency into you about feelings that you haven't felt for a long time. And hadn't I been on so many different medications at that point, I think it would have been more effective because those medications numb you and make you, you know, I was on lithium and Seroquel and I have a list in the book of 18 medications that I was taking at the time. And then when I wrote the book, after I wrote the book, I found more paperwork and I realized that I've over my lifetime, I've tried, I've tried 21 medications. So when you're on that, when you're on that many, you don't know which ones are really effective anymore. Um, you don't know which ones are causing which side effect. You know, I, I say, you know, Ativan was, was definitely one of the suicide attempt causers and definitely Prozac. And then the third one, I was on Abilify and Ativan and Lexapro and Clonopin. And, you know, it's like, how many can you take, you know? So um, I would have liked to seen how effective the, the it's called ECT, so it's called electroconvulsive therapy. So it's, it's, it's not as a, of shocking, pun intended. It's not of a shocking as a name or a harsher name. Um, and I asked them, I said, well, you know, am I going to be shaking around like beautiful mind? They go, no, they're like, we don't, we, we put your wrists down just in case you twitch, you know, and knock the IV out. That's what they're worried about. They're not afraid of you flopping all over the place. Just, you know, just sudden twitches, you know, um, the most, the worst part of it is being wheeled down there in, in a wheelchair because it's depressing. You're in a, your hospital pajamas, you're in a gown, it's, mm. you're going down winding hallways, it's very quiet, you know, you're looking outside, you haven't been outside in months, um, there's ugly paintings on the walls, you know, 
and uh, all all you can think about is that Pink Floyd song, Brain Damage, you know, at the end of Dark Side of the Moon, <laughs> you know. The lunatic is in the hall, and that's it's going through your brain as you like. I'm like, I'm going... <laughs> And I'm being wheeled down there and I'm going, wow, I'm being wheeled into shock treatment. How the fuck did I get here? You know, and um, I mean, that wasn't it wasn't such a bad experience getting it. You know, it wasn't it was just uh, you still while you still feel like a guinea pig because you know what you're technically going through. um, The people that administer it are the coolest people that you could ever meet. You know, the people that give you the IV or that take your blood are so good at at their jobs that someone like me that has trouble where the simple things like they have trouble getting blood from my veins because it's, you know, it's just difficult. You know, they're pros at it. They do it. You know, you're not put through any sort of pain or or things like that. But you do feel like a guinea pig with all the meds that you're given and the experimentation. Oh, try this combo. Well, that's not working for you. Try this. Oh, that's making you have leg tremors where you can't walk. Well, try this then. And sometimes they lose track of what, of what you're on. And um, I gained so much weight from medication that one case manager was like, well, you know, there's another pill you could take to help you lose weight. And that's when I was like, no, no, no more meds. I'm weaning off of everything as, I, as much as I possibly can after i got discharged so with with all of that experience peter of the psych ward uh the ect the group therapy everything else how are you now did it work i suppose is, is an important question it worked to a certain extent where i know i don't want to go back because while you're not in jail you're still your freedoms taken away from you even though mm. Um, I went knowing I knew when I took those pills, even though that I would have wound up hospitalized for that amount of time anyway, that when I took the, all those pills, I knew I was going to be there no matter what. And basically I signed up for being locked away by taking the pills. It was saying, I give up, I'll do it, you know, but I, I don't think I wanted to say it just by walking in and say, it's time for me to be here for a while. I did it in a, in a stupid, dramatic way because I was too sort of proud to say I give up, you know? So, um, I know I don't want to go back. Um, you learn that, um, for the longest time, I thought I accepted what I had and, um, but, I really wasn't because I was so tired every day of fighting it and trying to keep it at bay and uh, trying to go to work and trying to be a good father, trying to be a good husband and, and putting on this act of everything's okay when it's really not when you're where you're trying to have a dodgeball game with students, you know, the one game they want to play and for no reason at all, while you're doing attendance, you're thinking about one day I'm going to die. And for two minutes while you're taking attendance, you're flipping out, you know, and by the end of the class, you're just, you know, you're relieved that class that you made it through class and you didn't freak out in front of the kids and class went well, you did your lesson, nobody got into a fight, you were disciplined, you know, every, the lesson went well and you fought your anxiety attack at the same time. I would have to take naps, you know, and, um, while you're playing with your children, oh my God, one day they're going to die. 
and you start thinking about that or you know you're in the middle of changing the cat litter and you you're thinking about it and it's just when it's ruining just everyday life um uh you have to realize that you know what try not to fight it so much where it leads to more hours of the day fighting it let that 10 minutes let that five or ten minutes happen each day or be on a ton of meds and be overweight and not so healthy and just sort of be a little bit ambivalent about everything and eh, you know and you let things slide and you don't stick up for yourself and then you start feeling like a victim because you're not sticking up for yourself properly and it's best not to fight it when uh, I mean, there's ways to fight it, but to try to think your way out of it and and thinking in the way that this has to go away forever is very unrealistic. That it, you may have this for 10 minutes a day, but look at the rest of your day is going to be good. You know, it, it's worth going. Maybe it's worth going through the bad 10 minutes. Get it out of your system. You know, um, unfortunately, at times with my situation the anxiety was so bad you get physically sick every morning i would for my job it, it got so bad where i was so nervous every morning that it felt like the first day of my job every day the first time i ever taught the first time i was ever in front of students and i would throw up every morning and if i didn't have food in my stomach it was sort of like throwing up after you drank too much when there was nothing left to dry heaves um technically technically i heard it or read it's called retching and it's it's painful and for all for 20 almost 20 years teaching i'm throwing up every morning um on the flip side, being a musician, I've never experienced stage fright. Uh, I've never gotten sick. I've never gotten sick before a gig. I've sang in front of thousands of people. I've gotten lucky enough to do arena, an arena, you know, things like that. And um, it's it's just strange how the mind works, um, or where you feel comfortable in life. And um, yeah. with the meds and everything, I had to make a choice because the meds were the medications were affecting my liver, my cholesterol my thinking, uh, creativity, my motivation to do things, my, the way my body looked, you know, I don't want to be, uh, overweight. You know, I, I, when you look in the mirror and you like the way you look, that's a big part of your self-esteem. And for me, that's a part of your mood, you know, and, um, mm. there's other ways to, to help yourself. There's other medications. I'm trying to get, I've been on Clonopin since I'm 27 so the plan is to get off of it and i've introduced gabapentin so i'm getting used to that and then we'll wean off the clonopin then we wean off the gabapentin and then i i smoke pot uh the indica strain of marijuana i find that that works for me it's 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 specifically for anxiety and i'd rather vape i'd rather vape oil that's a that's pressed out of a plant than medications that were making my liver spike you know like that i drink a lot and i don't you know or medication that makes my cholesterol go up to where i take lipitor for cholesterol because that's genetic and the medication's not working so why am i taking this medication you know if, if, if my cholesterol is up so you know there's decisions you have to make you know um your physical health versus feeling uncomfortable you know and what are you going to do about feeling uncomfortable you know, how, what's your coping mechanism? Is it for some people it's meditation for some people it's, 
working out. I, I love going for walks, playing drums, playing a guitar, singing, um, cognitive behavior exercises, you know, uh, doing art, uh, keeping busy and, you know, finding what, what works for you. And, and also really having, really having the understanding that you're going to, there'll, there'll be bad days, you know, and don't be surprised by them and don't let it ruin any progress that you make along the way. And while I wrote a book, I've read other people's books and I love watching videos from therapists or other people that have mental illness about what their take is about it. And um, really giving your mental illness um, sort of a visual. And, and I use like having a broken wrist as an example of an x-ray of a broken wrist. You could see it, so it makes it something tangible. You could see the injury and you understand your wrist is broken and you're on the bone and it's going to take six weeks to heal and you wear this cast and really that's it. And most people, most people won't have an anxiety attack about that because they could see what it is and it's easily, easily comprehensible. Uh, a mental illness like anxiety is invisible. It's so, it comes out in different ways. It comes out in rashes in your body. For me, my legs were itching at one point when I was married. Um, and the marriage was so bad. I had hairy legs and I was scratching so much. I would have cuts on my legs and I scratched all the hair out of my legs. Um, other people I know develop skin problems. It, so it comes out in different ways. And um, Yeah. I think that's a key point you touched on there, Peter, on, on both kind of fronts is that one, anxiety and mental illnesses affect people in different ways. And two is to find out what works for you. You know, there's no one one hat, one size fits all in, in all of this. But but thankfully, Peter, you've been able to, to give us uh, hope in all of this and to, to tell people that, you know, if you can sit with those 10 minutes of discomfort, you got, yeah. you know, you, you thankfully and hopefully have the rest of the day to, to improve on. And it, a lot of it, I, you know, the, what I know about cognitive behavioral therapy, um, from graduate classes I took and, and, uh, people that other patients that, that use it and therapists that I spoke to is it's really just keeping yourself physically busy to trick your brain into a, a new thought process. And it's really, that's all it is. So going for a walk and even seeing something as stupid, and I'm going to use something disgusting. Like you walk outside, you see a big pile of dog shit, you know, let's say, and it's gross and it stinks. And you're like, oh my God, that's so gross. And, you know, it gets your mind off of, it gets you thinking about something else. Oh, what kind of dog was it? That was a pretty big pile of dog crap. Well, maybe it was a husky, you know, <laughs> you know, just something, you, know, you try to find the humor and stuff. And that's, and I use yeah, humor, absolutely. obviously. And we're, we're, we're big, we're big proponents of, of humor on, on the podcasts of, you know, taking, taking some perspective and, and finding the laughs and, you know, just getting through the day as, as, as best you can. So that was Straight Talking to Psych Ward, and a huge thank you to Peter for coming on and telling his story. If this is the point in the podcast where you normally turn it off because you think I'm going to, you know, do the usual social media plug, ask you to give us a rating on iTunes and Spotify, etc., what you usually miss at this point is after we give the little plug again, that's when we have our guests come on and give their words of wisdom. So if you've done that up to now, 
please go back because you missed out on every single guest giving words of wisdom after our little plug. But before that, I got about 30 seconds just to give the plug. If you would like to come on and tell your story as Peter did, or you have some feedback for us, or you'd like to suggest a topic, then please do get in contact with us. You get us on all the social media. It's all across the board. It's at STMH Podcast. And that goes for the website as well, which is stmhpodcast.com. And the email address to get in contact with us is hello at stmhpodcast.com. We don't operate the podcast to make any sort of money, folks. So if you would like to help us out, you could give a comment or a share if you see any of our posts on social media. But what does really give us a big dig out is if you give us a five-star rating on Spotify or iTunes. So if you've learned anything from any of our episodes or if you've made you chuckle along the way somehow, if you could hit that five stars, that would be a huge help to us. That's it. That's all we ask. We're going to leave the last word now with Peter. He's going to share his words of wisdom. And you know, we'll be back in two weeks. Same bat time, same bat channel. But in the meantime, folks, look after yourselves and look after each other. So one, one of the things we ask every guest on the podcast that, that comes on is uh, share. And you've certainly lived a life and you've a lot of a lot of experience to draw on. We ask every guest that comes on to share some words of wisdom, some life lessons, some life lessons, a, a motto or something they lived their life by or something they've learned that they would that would, they would like to share with the listeners of the podcast. Well, what do you think you could share with us? As someone that grew up afraid of death and wound up having three suicide attempts, um, even though they were due to medications, I think those thoughts were brewing there anyway, and the medications brought those out to a reality of of something physical happening. Um, I learned that when you have suicidal thoughts, it's to use them as sort of like a fire alarm. It's a signal that you've temporarily run out of ideas on how to help yourself get better. And um, I had said that, I wrote it in, I think I wrote it in the book, but I was I had done a podcast with, with this woman from Georgia and I had mentioned it and she loved that motto. So it's, it's, it's temporary. You, you've temporarily run out of ideas on, on how to help yourself. And it's, it's based on uh, um, what I heard Roger Waters from Pink Floyd talk about in an interview he did with Howard Stern, he was talking about writing music. And he's like, when you're stuck writing a song, get get other musicians to help you out, collaborate, you know, and sort of like use you, use, look at your life as a song, you know, you don't have to be a solo artist, you know, if you're not a good musician, get, surround yourself with better ones, you know, to, to help you finish your song. <laughs>